Welcome to Tech Uncorked. I'm Dean Gratton. And I'm Sarah Jane Gratton. And together we explore a new world of technology and innovation. With lively discussion and some great interviews. So we're privileged to be joined today by David Biori. He's the Head of Solution Area Communication Services for Ericsson. And he's here to tell us all about 5G Voice. Welcome, David. Yes, welcome, David. Thank you very much. And what we'd like to do first, before we go into the nitty-gritty, is to really learn more about what you do and why. Great. So uh, uh, my name is David Biori. I'm heading up the, uh, the the solution area for communication services. So what I do is lead the Ericsson research and development for all things voice. So everything from 2G to 5G voice. Uh, so, so I have a team of engineers uh, and our mission is to uh, bring communication uh, through voice services uh, on our networks from 2G to 5G. Now, 5G voice, we'll go more into that. But I'd like to ask you, why does everyone start a conversation over voice or whether it's cellular, whether it's Skype, whether it's WhatsApp? I know what you're going to say. I know, exactly. Don't, don't, don't spoil the surprise. <laughs> why does every conversation start with, can you can hear you me? Hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know if I have the answer to that, but... Uh, but uh, uh, if you guys find out, please let me know. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think it's either that one or uh, am I on mute? You know, that's the other question. Or you're on mute when you're starting yeah, a conversation. Yeah, right? oh, so. I, that, yeah that's a classic. <laughs> that's a classic. But I guess actually, um, before before you we sort of dive into that, really, voice has never been more important. We're, with the pandemic, with us being away from each other, with us needing to connect on a human level with other people. I, I fully agree. And I think you, you said it well. Uh, I think especially during the last two, two and a half years of the pandemic, I think we really learned the importance of of, of voice, uh, having a voice call. You know, uh, not just sending text messages to each other uh, when you're yeah. when you're isolated from each other for for a time. You know, getting that phone call. Uh, I, I usually say it's like uh, getting that that handwritten uh, letter from your grandmother. You know, it's it's just a little bit extra special when you get a call that. from somebody, one mm-hmm. of your loved ones, right? So so I think. Uh, uh, the data showed this as well that the if you look at the the volume of voice. Uh, calls uh, during the pandemic it increased significantly so I think you know voice is here to stay and, and it's it's really an essential part uh, of communication yeah it, it, it's, it's quite interesting our pre-recording we we mentioned um, nowadays the, the the importance of a smartphone and really it is I mean it's to pick up and talk with someone but often it's quite easy just to send someone a text message and of course you being in charge of the the, the voice team with Ericsson I, I suppose it still matters. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely matters. Uh, I, I think uh, when you look at when you look at technology and the evolution of technology, and, and you look at the uh, evolution of the smartphone, even if there are you know tons of, of fun apps uh, and other alternative ways to communicate, I think uh, you always will come back to to the to the voice, the video, that sort of you want you know as a, as a human you want to get that interaction, yeah. that response. Uh, you want to be able to to really 
oh, see and feel and interact with each other in, in a much more personal way than, than just sending a text or, or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you mentioned in the latest mobility report from Ericsson that 5G has reached a staggering 620 million subscriptions globally. Um, and that's huge numbers. But you know, can you explain uh, what's the relation of the 5G numbers here with, with voice? Absolutely. So, so like you said, 620 million. So the uptake of, of 5G subscriptions is, is, you know, it's going through the roof. And we actually anticipate yeah. that, uh, you know, we'll be over 1 billion subscriptions by end of 22. And if you wow. think of the uh, uptake of a technology like 5G and the pace at which uh, we're getting subscribers on board, it's, it's, it's you know, it's quite, uh, quite impressive. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, where it becomes, uh, where it becomes important is that, uh, as a consumer, uh, you know, a phone is a phone, right? So you have your phone yeah, and you want to make calls. And whether it's on Wi-Fi or 2G or 3G, 4G or even 5G, uh, you know, the importance of these connections is that 5G, the technology as such, drives the evolution of voice services. Uh, and, and when you look at the standard uh, standardization that we have, something called 3GPP in our industry, yeah. uh, it, it mandates that uh, if you have a 5G phone, for example, it will not be able to connect to a 5G network unless it has voice capabilities. So it's a key enabler for the evolution of 5G as well. So I think all of those subscriptions we talk about, you know, maybe you're going after them initially for the, you know, the high speed data, low latency and things like that, but it's also super relevant for voice as well. Mm. And it opens the door, doesn't it, for a myriad of new use cases for communication services. For me, it's, it's the use cases are interesting because, yes, yeah. voice is the obvious thing. Yeah. But for me, voice with a telephone is an obvious thing. But the, the data is still very data-centric. And, of course, 5G and being very super fast and akin to the wireless broadband that we're seeking with cellular technology. Yeah, I mean, that ecosystem, in the, the voice ecosystem, has to generate extraordinary possibilities, David. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, if you talked about these new use cases, maybe maybe we need to start, you know, with the traditional voice service as such. So, so if you look at uh, the current services that, that we use today, uh, most of us use something called voice over LTE. Uh, and when you look at when transitioning into into 5G voice, this is where you start to see enhancements in, in the in the quality, both from a video perspective, but also an audio perspective. Uh, we're introducing uh, what we call new uh, codecs, uh, and these are essentially uh, coder decoders for for the voice service as such. So we have something called the Enhanced Voice Service Codec, uh, also mandata- mandated by by our standards body uh, in in order to uh, deliver an HD voice uh, experience. Uh, then I think if you look at the fact that we have this uh, amazing bandwidth, uh, data rates, latency, this also then gives the ability to improve video calling quality, higher resolution uh, of video as such, but it also gives the uh, the operators or the CSPs the ability to uh, increase the capacity of their network to, to run more of those type of calls uh, uh, with a better quality of service uh, yes. for, for, for less cost, right? Yeah. And then I think yeah. if, you, if you look at the improvements, then if you look at uh, the, the sort of new potential that, that 5G voice unlocks, I think it becomes more interactive. Well, things like haptic or touch type communication sessions. Yeah. You can even think more into the future, things like uh, spatial audio, holographic communication. I mean, these things also become unlocked through 5G. So I think real-time communication today, it's, it's, it's voice, it's video, it's text. You know, we write to each other, we talk to each other, we see each other in real time. Uh, and then 
we're evolving the system by adding uh, a data channel in parallel to these voice, video, and text channels. And we'll shift from a, a real-time type communication to a real-time interaction, I would say. Yeah, so this is really just the starting point for what's to come. Absolutely, absolutely. For me, you said something quite interesting. I've never heard it applied to voice, the HD aspect of voice, because normally you associate HD with uh, visual and your TV and stuff. So uh, that's new to me. Can you explain more about that? Sure. So, so uh, just like uh, just like uh, a video, uh, you have different types of compression for, for voice as well. Uh, yeah. And uh, as I mentioned, these things called codecs, then coder decoders, these codecs uh, uh, are able to package the voice packets in a way that gives a much clearer uh, and much uh, sharper voice experience uh so so uh you can you can uh, uh maybe sometimes compare it to if you get a, a quite bad co- when you're in quite bad coverage uh, and you hear some spotty spotty conversation when you're talking you know you hear some some of the dropping calls here it becomes very very clear it's almost no background noise no 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 uh no interference whatsoever yeah because the the, the the codex you mentioned of course the the compression and decompression and when you're you're transmitting especially with video you need a good well, i say computer but nowadays these smartphones are akin to a computer mm-hmm. and you need that ability that that processing power to be able to do that quite instantly absolutely do you think we have it already or do you think it's going to improve some more so i think uh if like we said if you look at the uh the rollout of 5g it's it's in its start so to say so so one one billion subscriptions by end of this year yeah uh, and most of those subscriptions are uh and most of those networks are beginning with uh the data service, uh, and then the voice service will come uh, after the fact. Uh, so, so I think it's it's at the beginning. When you look at uh, the devices that are coming out now, uh, many of the devices are now uh, voice over NR or voice over new radio enabled. Yeah. So those devices then will be able to take advantage of that service as the operators enable it going forward as well. So the new radio, what what is it? What architecture do you, you foresee with new radio? If I go back to our, our standardization body 3 GPP, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, uh, you can say that 5G is is can also be called uh, NR, uh, meaning new radio. So 5G NR, new radio, uh, and, and then you have something called voice over NR. So VONAR, voice over NR, that yep. would be f- f- uh, the service on on the 5G then. Uh, and then you can say that there's sort of three three sort of steps in that evolution, basically, when, when you're looking at uh, enabling a service like that. So so the first step is, and most operators do this, is something we call non-standalone, meaning that they use a technology called dual connectivity, uh, mm-hmm. where they have uh, their first generation, the early days of five, 5G networks on top of their 4G network as well. So they're using the voice service of 4G and getting the data rates and data boost from 5G. And the dual connectivity uh, sort of meshes that together, if you will. Okay. The second step then is as the network evolves, there's something we call EPS fallback. And this is basically now you have 5G for the data traffic, and then you fall back uh, onto a 4G network for voice. Uh, and this really improves, I guess you can say, both the uplink coverage, but it has also a much better experience for a end user compared to dual connectivity. And then the third and sort of, if you want to call it the utopia step, is 5G standalone or 5G SA. Uh, and this is where... Voice and data are seamless uh, between 4G and 5G. The mobility is seamless, uh, and the service can be both services can be run in parallel on on a 5G device. And I think this is where the the voice over new radio or Vonar comes into play. So this okay, is well, sort of the third you. step yeah. in that the th- sort of the third step, if you will, in that evolution. 
That's wonderful. Mm. Thank you. No, I, I I see all this happening, um, and 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 it's a wonderful vision, and it's happening now. It's evolving now in an urban environment. But let's take a step back. Let's look at the rural environments. Okay, here comes so, the tough questions, David. So be prepared. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. desperately need that connectivity, and I know that we talked before about how many two G and three G networks have already been closed, and an increasing number of service providers have announced their intentions to to refarm Spectrum for for cost saving, total cost of ownership. So. Yeah, why, Tell why us. close them? Yeah, why close them when they can be utilised for other services? Or how is 5G going to step in and save the day here? Exactly. It's a great question. And I think uh, I think you have to see it from a couple perspectives. So many of the operators uh, today have have the complexity of running uh, a network with a, a 2G system, a 3G system, a 4G system, and now a 5G system. So... so so from a complexity perspective, the network becomes quite complex and you have a very broad range of maturity in the life cycle of those products as well from very, uh, you can almost say antiquated technology to, you know, cutting edge technology. Uh, and I think what 5G does, uh, it enables is, is a couple of things. So first, uh, many of the operators are decommissioning their older networks. And then they're refarming that spectrum and deploying either 4G or 5G on top of that spectrum. So the service as such doesn't dis- disappear. It just becomes enhanced okay. by the new technology, so to say. Well, that is interesting. So how, uh, by refarming the technology, um, what, what are they utilizing? How are they repurposing this technology? And ultimately, what can, can they generate an, a whole new set of use cases as a consequence of that? Most definitely. So, so what they're refarming is is spectrum, and and you can say each operator has a, a, one of their biggest asset is the spectrum uh, that they have, and that spectrum is used for uh, what they that, that gives them the ability to transmit uh, their service over the air, right? And that spectrum is mm. is both uh, difficult to acquire and very expensive to acquire. So, so it's a it's a key asset for them. So when they refarm this spectrum. Uh, they want to put the new technology on top of that, for example, 4G or 5G, uh, then the existing use cases that have been using uh, maybe a 2G or 3G connection, those are able to be uh, used, but also they're able to deploy newer uh, enhanced use cases on top as well that can uh, uh, that can either uh, enhance the existing service and or bring new services uh, mm. to that spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I understand that the, the use cases with 5G, for example, in areas where it doesn't have coverage, you can gracefully downgrade to use cellular uh, or, or previous generations of cellular technology to continue the voice coverage, which you're very focused on. But I'm, I'm looking at um, aspects of, in, in particular, rural areas where farmers, for example, may wish to use IoT, Internet of Things technology, to, to enable their, well, their farming experience for, for the better, giving them insight into when to harvest, when to plant, and so on and so on. Um, are we talking about that as new use cases for this new repurposing of this uh, bandwidth? Exactly. I think one of the uh, advantages of an IoT type of device is that it's very low bandwidth and, yeah. and has very long battery life, right? And that's yes. then when you're in these rural uh, areas, then uh, you know a, often a 3G network or 2G network has, has enough uh, coverage and bandwidth to, to give that service. Uh, so as 
both 4G uh, penetration becomes uh, deeper and 5G penetration becomes deeper, then you can just roll that IoT service from those legacy systems onto the newer systems. Uh, and I think that, you know, that will happen over time. Uh, and, and then I do believe that that once you become on, uh, once you bring those IoT services onto a, a newer infrastructure, if you will, like a 4G infrastructure, that also opens up the opportunity to uh, to use that network for whether it be data analytics uh, of the information you're collecting yeah. uh, in real time, uh, for example, instead of having to post process and, and things like this. Right, yeah, because the the whole IoT ecosystem is, I mean, it, it's designed to to filtrate small packets of data. So we're not talking. But we don't need the 4G and 5G to really make or to enable those infrastructures because ultimately we're talking about small payloads talking to other ecosystems and all their sensors in that ecosystem to make things happen. Yeah, and what I love is the fact that this this vision is for everyone. It's not just for the urbanites. It is urbanites? for the urbanites. What, what the hell are urbanites? I don't know. I just came up with it. Oh, brilliant. But the urbanites. But <laughs> I think that that's a good term. But we're moving to the... How about the ruralites? The ruralites. Let's move out to the ruralites. We're, we're including them. This is an inclusive thing, and I think that's great. But with all this great new services and communication evolution, how how are we going to stop invasion of the, of our privacy with all this new technology there? Yeah, exactly. So so I think uh, uh, privacy, security, uh, things of these nature. You know, these are topics that are that are front and center. I think for for us as consumers, but also I think for us as an industry, right? Uh, and and uh, when you look at five G, five G is the most secure uh, network. It provides the mm-hmm. highest level of security. Uh, Ericsson has, uh, and, and of course, all of our all of our uh, other infrastructure suppliers have have taken this extremely mm-hmm. serious. So I think as mm-hmm. a, as a consumer, once you come on a more modern network, you're able to to really leverage the security enhancements that 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 network brings. Yeah, absolutely. And let's now look to the future. What's coming in terms of well. <laughs> Haptic control, VR collaboration, AR. Just can you just give us some future examples of use cases that are going to dramatically change the world? I think uh, I think there there are a number, right? And I think we're just now scratching the surface of what five G can do. Uh, and and I think this is a really really exciting time in our industry. Uh, you know, we're at the cusp of of unleashing the potential of our five G network. And for me, uh, I, I think we see that a lot of innovation will happen on top of the network, uh, similar to what 4G did, but but in a whole nother type of uh, uh, a whole nother type of use cases, really opening up now our network. Uh, we want to expose network capabilities. Uh, we believe that these capabilities will drive the innovations. We want to expose the capabilities of 5G to, to application developers. Uh, we want to do this in a controlled way. Uh, we, we have created what we call a service exposure framework. Uh, and this framework is really about exposing uh, network capabilities to application developers mm-hmm. to allow them to innovate on top of the 5G network. And then the sky is the limit, I would have to say. Uh, this in me- it means in reality, you know, you could uh, you can do almost anything. You, you, you hear talking about things like the, met- the metaverse, uh, XR, VR, AR, all of these type of use cases now become mobile, right? You can have them in your pocket instead of mm. in front of the computer. Mm. Uh, uh, I think uh, as well, you look at technologies like web 3.0, blockchain, uh, digital twins, all of these type of things now 
really uh, are at their infancy. And we believe that uh, some of the use cases that we're looking at, uh, I can just give a couple examples. Uh, yeah. One is, uh, is around holographic communication. So basically taking uh, smart glasses uh, and then through uh, 5G enabled devices uh, and 3D cameras, being able to have a, a, a 3D holographic uh, conversation uh, over 5G. That, that's one use case that we're looking at, and we, we have some very interesting demos around. Uh, a second is uh, looking at haptic type of sensory feedback, where we have done uh, a demo of, uh, you can envision a, a, a doctor in a hospital, uh, and uh, somebody's mm. in an ambulance, you know, many, yep. many kilometers away. Uh, and through a haptic glove and 5G connectivity, uh, a, a doctor can examine that patient uh, wow. and get the feedback through that glove and really understand what's happening and be able to give a diagnosis already in the ambulance so that the uh, the people in the ambulance can already start treating the patient before they come to the hospital. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing and life-saving. And, and Exactly. What Whilst we didn't... Um, talk about this before and, and i did want to pick your brains earlier about it but, uh, but we didn't have the opportunity to do so is the metaverse now metaverse of course everything when something is branded new and it's all talked about it's usually hyped and whatnot but for you what is the metaverse so so for me the metaverse is really where communication is taken to the next level i think uh, uh you get a, a digital representation of yourself uh, and then through different types of technologies, whether it be XR, AR, VR, uh, you're able to communicate in a whole nother uh, way than we do today. Uh, and I think this, this, uh, this is at its infancy as well. Uh, and yep. you, can imagine, you can imagine when uh, we do expose these network capabilities that 5G bring to you know, the millions and millions of application developers out there, uh, what kind of innovation can come uh, mm. through, through this, right? So, so you know, at Ericsson, we can, of course, enable the technology. We have many ideas of what kind of use cases or what kind of uh, applications could be there. But once we are able to expose that capability, I think the uh, the innovation is going to be just amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, because I think when you talked about that virtualization or that holographic form in an ambulance, for example, um, I like to use the word instantiation. Um, and you instantiate yourself. Anybody who has developed C++ would know this. <laughs> when you instantiate yourself into a, a situation, you, you create yourself. You, 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 you are there virtually and you exist in that moment. And then you talked about how um, a doctor could do the same thing mm. by being in that uh, ambulance, for example, treating that patient. All the stereotypical barriers that we have will well, yeah. be broken down. It's open to all. Through, well, not only that, I mean, it, it, it's it's the barriers that in the society we see yeah. that will be broken down by this because we don't have to be, we, we can be seen as our virtual selves. Yeah. So we can be... We, well, we can, can be, create our own avatar. Well, we, well, actually, we do it in an Xbox, for example. We create <laughs> no, our own but, avatars there. But it breaks down those boundaries, doesn't it? You yeah, know, the absolutely. glass ceiling is completely broken in the metaverse. Don't you agree, David? I believe there's a there's a fantastic opportunity for that, and I, and I think I think as well if you look at. Uh, I say this all the time. I mean, Ericsson, we're a super proud company of engineers. Uh, innovation is at our core. We've been, you know, developing mobile networks for, for 40 years. I mean, this is in our blood. We love technology. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we love uh, and are probably even more proud of what 
the technology that we uh, develop enables, right? And it, it enables yeah. exactly what we just talked about. Yeah. It, it's connecting people that have never been connected. It's it's bringing uh, the ability for for uh, people to learn in places uh, where they've never, you know, been on the internet. Uh, I heard an interesting info blurb here the other day. We were at a, a leadership summit, and it said that there are, you know, seven seven and a half billion people in the world. Of those seven and a half billion people, five and a half billion of those people have have some sort of connection or some sort of subscription, but only four and a half of those billion people have a toothbrush, right? So, so I mean, you see the you <laughs> yeah. see the impact yeah. of, of of the technology and, and how it's really really changing the world, right? Yeah, it is change. It's absolutely changing the world, breaking down barriers. Uh, thanks to Ericsson's innovation and and pushing forward to make things better for everybody. David, thank you so so much. This has been incredible. It's been yeah, a real it's been journey. Wonderful. Yeah, you've been a fantastic guest. So, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much, David. Th- thank you very much. It was my pleasure. I really appreciate the the opportunity to come and, and and speak with you. This episode of Tech Uncorked was proudly sponsored by Ericsson. For more information about Ericsson five G Voice, please check the Tech Uncorked website.